Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Varsity Breakdown. This is episode three. You already know who we are. I'm Jose Guevara, and with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. Hello, hello. And we are another week closer to playoffs. Yep. It's coming around the corner on the 19th is when it officially begins, and uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting playoffs from top to bottom. Absolutely, and uh, of course you had uh, 2A and 3A kick off their first rounds of the playoffs, and we're going to get into that. Um, Actually, we're going to start off with Sequoia Pathway and their first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they had a first round matchup against the Benson Bobcats in Benson, and uh, we were there for that match, and unfortunately, it did not go as we thought it was going to. Absolutely. Um, Benson seemed to overpower Sequoia from the start of the game. Uh, the final score uh, was 7-49, to and like we said, it was long and disappointing game for Sequoia, unfortunately, but that's why Benson is, you know, the reigning runners-up for 2A last year after losing mm-hmm. to Santa Cruz, and you can tell that they had something to prove. Yeah, they they were a team that when we came in, they looked like they were ready to go. Yeah, I mean, um, Sequoia came out, I think took the ball first, uh, had a three and out. Benson came down, scored right down their throat, and that's the way the trend was the whole game. It was, there was no stopping Benson's running attack from uh, whistle to whistle. Yeah, they were definitely the aggressor. It was a lot of Sequoia trying to adjust and and make sure that they can try to compete with them because after that first drive even before then when we uh because i i believe the game started a little bit before seven because when we got there the the whistle was already blown and kickoff was already taking place and looking at the sidelines everybody on the benson sideline was hype oh yeah from, right from the jump and the sequoia pathways sideline it was it was uncharacteristically dead yeah it, especially for the players you know they They've all fought so hard to get to that point. You thought you would see a little bit more enthusiasm, excitement, you know, hyping each other up. But it was pretty flat on that sideline, you know, and it was like that throughout the game. Yeah, it was. Especially with uh, Benson jumping out early. I believe they led uh, 14-0 or 21-0 until Sequoia finally got on the board with a touchdown rush by, uh, by Tyshawn Mooney. But with that, that was pretty much the story of their game is that he was the center of their whole attack and it kind of got shut down, uh, especially to the point where he was knocked out of the game. And um, like I said, we're going to send our thoughts and prayers uh, to uh, Tyshawn because he was playing a hell of a game. You know, you you could tell he was putting it uh, and that goes for all like the seniors. You could tell it was meant a little bit more to them. Uh, on Friday, and um, unfortunately, he got hurt, uh, leg injury, and they didn't really have much left over. I mean, after losing uh, Trey Lacey a couple of games ago and uh, the passing attack not working, the defense came up a little bit short for uh, Sequoia, and I don't know if it was nerves, especially, uh, you know, uh, Norian Banks. We, we've seen a lot more out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially his ex- his explosiveness into the backfield, and you didn't quite see that all game. It's like Benson already had a game plan that they were either gonna go as soon as they got set, or they were gonna drag it on and do a four or five count, you know, uh, before they snapped the ball. And 
it threw off the whole game plan for uh, Sequoia because not once did Benson punt that game. And so Sequoia yeah. gave up uh, six touchdowns on defense and then uh, had a pick six returned as well. Yeah, it it was really unfortunate for them because, like like you had said, it wasn't the same Nori and Banks that we were used to seeing. It was like there was somebody else underneath that 50. And there was moments where it was, unfortunately to say, that the team just didn't look into it. They they looked like when their teammate went down in Tyshawn Mooney in about like two minutes and change left in the uh, fourth quarter, they, they, they took a long time to get on a knee. Um, you could hear them in agony on the field. And I knew if we were, if we could hear them in the, in the away stands, they could definitely hear them on the sidelines. And I was a little disappointed that I, I didn't see that, that camaraderie that we had been so accustomed to seeing in uh, Sequoia pathway. And ultimately that loss of morale is eventually why Benson just handed it to him. Oh yeah. And you, you could tell, uh, you know, even, uh, as they came out in the second half and they, or, you know, um, I'm sorry, even when uh, uh, Mooney went down with the injury and they, it took such a long time, you know, for them to get him loaded in the ambulance and, uh, and sent off to the hospital. When they started warming up, the referees gave him a little bit of time to warm up. Uh, Benson, I mean, they, they were still hyped up on, uh, you know, on their side, uh, warming up where uh, it felt like Sequoia had already defeated themselves and, didn't really care. And I'm not saying that about their seniors because you could tell they put it, left it all out on the, uh, the field, but everybody else who played, uh, you know, lighter roles kind of seemed that they weren't into it. And I think one of the things too, uh, to kind of piggyback off of what you said about the injury and not them not taking a knee. Uh, I, I believe I heard one of the parents, you know, shouting at the players, you know, that's your teammate. You know, and so it's kind of like that kind of shows you the experience level. Uh, I mean, this is what Sequoia's third or fourth year as a uh, 11 man football team. Mm -hmm. And so Benson, I mean, they lost last year in the state championship. I believe they were around uh, if they weren't in the state championship, they were in the semifinals the year before that. So they already know what to play for. Those seniors, that that team, they've already know what the defeat felt like in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was something new for Sequoia where, yes, they were demolishing teams near the end there and they were feeling good about themselves. But the moment they needed to rise up in the uh, in adversity, they weren't able to do that. No, and it's really unfortunate. And, and just to go uh, circle back to it, it wasn't the fourth quarter. It was the second quarter right before halftime. And the play where he was trying to get across, it was uh, fourth and two. But the defense for Benson was just stalling. There was no getting past him. And there were, there were times where, obviously, you know, Sequoia got a score, but they were just quick to adjust. And, and we saw that. We, we, we credit them because they were a Definitely a good team, and, and and so did Coach D, and and I, I I don't necessarily agree like with his statement that he had made after the game that he got out coached because it it, it was necessarily a, a coaching thing, and I feel like being a coach in this day and age it's so hard, yeah, because there's a an oh. invisible line that you can't cross now, yep. and and when we were in school like that line wasn't there, like we we felt like when you got onto the field that's where it. It was your proving ground, not necessarily your proving ground, but your your learning, yeah, your yeah, learning curve. I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, like you said, I don't believe it was uh, that they got out coached. 
It's that um, everything that Sequoia was throwing at them was um, there was no creative feel to it as far as making them think you're going to do one thing and do something completely different because that's the way Benson was. They were very creative on the ball. They'd snap the ball early. They snapped the ball late. Uh, the, you know, they didn't allow the defense to get ready, get set. But at the same time, they ran the same formation over and over and over, but they in were handing variety. it in variety. They were handing it either to the running back, to the guy coming in motion, or they might even uh, just uh, say, you know what, the hell with that. We're going to do a play action and caught them off guard as well. And so I think when when the rushing attack uh, that they, that Sequoia was throwing at Benson wasn't working, then they went to the wildcat formation where uh, Tyshawn was just uh, sit uh, you know playing quarterback mm-hmm. and rushing up the middle. They did that play about eight times in a row. And granted, yeah, they scored a touchdown, but you could tell it took a lot out of him. He came to the sideline, I think, just being overwhelmed you know with uh how much he was given at that moment he you know he uh puked a little bit on the sidelines and there was uh nothing that they were doing that was gonna surprise Benson even when Mooney got knocked out of the game uh and they tried to start passing it they ran the same passing plays that they did against Santa Rita Benson's a little bit more experienced than Santa Rita and so what were they doing they already knew who they were gonna throw it to they were gonna Mm -hmm. try to throw it to Jairi Gamble and so what did they do? You'd have this, uh, the corner follow them, and then the safety come over the top. And I, I don't think they connected not maybe once or twice that, that night, maybe. it was I think it was twice. And then after that, they like you said, they were quick to make the adjustment, and they picked off Will. I don't know if it was two or three times. So I don't know specifically. But I know that after a couple of them, you could just see uh, Will felt defeated. Yeah. And it was unfortunate for a guy who just a couple of weeks ago was on on an upside of, of making history and his senior season ends with in, in in a disappointing fashion. But they faced a team that was super talented and, and you have nothing to be upset about because that like you said, that was a team that was a runner up in last year's two A state championship. Yep. And they looked so good out there. If they continue and, and I see I think the thing is is that the experience the playoff experience plays a big factor mm-hmm. you know uh they they know they know what it's like to be defeated and they're hungry they're hungry they were that close last year so they don't care who you're going to put in front of them they do everything in great detail they you know they do all the basics very well and they execute it because, like I said, it, they didn't run, one, I believe, maybe two, three formations tops, and that was it. But they do it so well that they're successful at it. You don't need any more plays than that because yep, they can run so many it. different plays out of those formations. But Sequoia, at the end of the day, still has a lot to you know be proud of, especially those seniors uh, coming out, winning region, making it to the playoffs, and... 23 of them at that. 23 seniors on this team. And so, you know... Um, Unfortunately, that's the way it is. They they get booted in the first round, and uh, we're gonna see uh, this summer. You know, they like you said, twenty three seniors. That's a lot to to replace coming into next year, and so we're gonna keep our eye on uh, Coach D and Sequoia Pathway out there because, like I said, they're they're a fun group to watch. You know, uh, just unfortunately came out a little bit flat. And, uh, you know, that's what happens. Sometimes you're not, it's not your best day, and it wasn't their best day when they needed it most. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that they'll have any any trouble with uh, next year finding their identity. Their JV team is, is a pretty ni- uh, nice and uh, tight-knit group. 
I feel like next year is going to be uh, it's going to be different for sure because they're, they're not going to have that familiarity with uh, reliability mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, this person did good on in JV last year. But as you and I know that the numbers from the year prior and then the games that are happening at the moment, they don't mean anything at the time. Yeah. And in 2A, I mean, it. there's a lot of great teams out there in 2A. So you, you got to be able to come and uh, play your best game week in and week out and you know, they play with Tinkerverdi, who was a surprise this year. Uh, you got Santa Cruz there, and we always talk about them. They're just a year removed from winning state the state championship. And so it's going to be a big summer for them to see uh, how they fill these holes. They got a lot of positions to fill, but maybe you might see a different uh, Banks brothers out there that might be a little bit hungry. They know what it feels like now. And moving forward, hopefully they can continue their regular season momentum into the playoffs and carry them to the next couple of rounds and but other than that i mean we'll, we'll we'll see we'll keep an eye on them and but we we still had another game going on uh on friday night uh you had uh casa grand cougars uh wrapping up their season and they actually had a have a fill-in game uh once uh pueblo uh canceled all them so they took on arcadia and i'll let you uh give the overview of that game yeah they played the arcadia titans for their senior night and like you said they they finished their season undefeated Casa Grande, depending on, on how you view it, uh, either goes 10-0 or 9-0 and leaves Arcadia 5-4 and on the year. They won 7-50. to And the last time they did it was 71 years ago. And it was in 1950. The class of uh, Casa Grande went 10-0 and and they won the Class B state championship. 71 years ago, man. That And like we say, hey. They, uh, it was something in the making from the start of the year. Uh, they, they do it again. They go out, handle business as always. And now they're on the brink of making their own history, you know, for Casa Grande, uh, 71 years since your last state championship, you've already done enough to earn respect in that town. But knowing, you know, coach, uh, coach Jake Barrow out there and his staff that that's not good enough. You know, they're, they're ready to go all the way, especially after, Last year, losing to uh, Cactus in the semifinals, mm-hmm. it's, uh, they, they were just right there. So, you know, uh, all those seniors out there are hungry and they're ready to fight coming in uh, to next week uh, when playoffs are announced. Yeah, everyone in a Cougars uniform and on that sideline knows that there's four more wins to get a ring. That, yeah, uh, it's good to go undefeated and they won the region. Uh, but the like you said, the job's not done. They have they have a disappointing outing last year. Like you said, they lost to, to the Cactus Cobras in the semifinals. And this year it's going to be a little bit more better for them because the that team, Cactus, is going to be in the Open 8 tournament for uh, the Arizona high school playoffs. Yes, and so the uh, Open 8 tournament actually takes uh, teams from 4A to 6A, and they make it's just this elite class of schools that get to be in this Open 8 to see who would be considered, I guess, the best in the state since they can't go head-to-head in a all, you know, all um, divisional tournament. So they take these uh, Open 8 teams and – Two of them are actually coming out of 4A. You got the Cactus Cobras, and then you have um, American Leadership Academy, Queen Creek, who are two potential um, teams that are going to be in that open eight. So now you ask yourself, what does that do for Casa Grande? Well, Casa Grande currently sits third in the 
4A power rankings. So if uh, both of those teams do make it to the open eight, now you got Casa Grande potentially taking the number one seed uh, as the tournament opens up next Friday. And last year in the, the tournament, they were also the number one seed. Uh, just going back to a breakdown of the game, it was it was like we had thought it would be. Uh, Cass Grand came out strong. They figured out what they were staring at on the other side of the field on both both offense and defense, and were able to just pull away. They they had some mistakes, and and we'll talk about those later. But overall, I think after the first quarter, I, I mean, it was seven to twelve. We were kind of like had our eyes a little bit open, like okay, this could be a little bit interesting, but. After that, it was just it was a Casagrande, uh, you know, freight train that nobody could stop as always. And uh, what are some of the stats that uh, you found uh, for that game? Uh, well, some of the stats uh, they started off the game kind of shaky. They fumbled on the second play, and the Titans recovered that. And immediately after uh, recover, recovering that fumble, the Titans scored on a sixty-four yard passing touchdown in the first quarter. And to answer back, the Casagrande Cougars uh, wide receiver extraordinaire DeAndre Kelly came back with a 92-yard kickoff return touchdown. Um, unfortunately, when they got in uh, after they got into the end zone, they failed on a two-point conversion, and the score was then seven to six. Too far after that, uh, Jake Sylvester had an interception, and he ended up with two on the night. We'll, we'll talk about his second one later, but this was—I'll uh, just say it right now—this was not his biggest interception of the game. And this type of offense and defense—it's it, it, a sweet balance because absolutely, they—they they always pick off up off each other. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in person, and it—they're—they're. Energy is infectious, but a lot of the times we've uh, we've seen that I, I didn't get to go to the Canada Oral game, but when we were in in the stands at Al Van Hazel Stadium, that energy is just so you could feel it, like it, it's it's everywhere, and yeah, it's it trickles down, it trickles down definitely, you know, from the players to the coaches to the people in the stands, that band, and like I said, uh, I mean they come in, they take care of business as always, and that's the reason that. You know they're undefeated. You know uh, what? Um, any uh, good uh, stats as far as uh, individual players? Uh, as far as individual players, talking about DeAndre Kelly, he had three touchdowns on the night, and he had a 55-yard long touchdown pass. Um, he was incredible. He he went and had a hundred yards off of just two receptions, and both of those receptions <laughs> were touchdowns. And and that's that, incredible. I mean, we didn't do we didn't do um, breakout players, but he would have been an obvious choice for breakout player. And then uh, you also had uh, R.J. Keaton, right? R.J. Keaton did his thing as well. Uh, tw- I think he had uh, twelve carries, one hundred and twenty yards, and two touchdowns. And then, of course, uh, Angel Flores. Uh, I mean, to go over two hundred yards on nine com- of thirteen completions and have three touchdowns. It's just it's just remarkable how easy they make things uh, look on the field, you know. And granted, no no team's a walkover, but uh, not every team at least. It's but they just make it look so easy. Yeah, I don't feel like they'll have any uh, issues going into the playoffs. The there were just a few minor things that I saw that that I can nitpick at. But as far as their offensive and defensive balance, it's there. The defense knows that their job is to keep their offense on the sideline for as long as they can. And then the offense knows when they're there, their goal is to just score immediately. <laughs> yeah. And with players like uh, Derek Kuykendall, he, who's a beast on the other side, he, he gives the... Oh, his energy, man, is it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. 
You should have seen him after that uh, CDO game, Kenyon De Oro. He was he was hyped, and he had missed the game before, and you could tell like he had been gone all season, and he just missed one game, but his energy uh, just carried over to that team. And I think he finished with uh, seven uh, tackles, five tackles for loss, and or three and a half of those five tackles for loss were sacks. Sacks, yeah, yeah. So. You know, huge night on the defensive end. And then, of course, you wanted to finish up with uh, Jake's. uh, Sylvester, he wrapped it up with a pick six. And that's what eventually ended the the game at 7-50. to And, unfortunately, they had a missed PAT. And that's one of the things I want to nitpick at. If you go back to this game, they had so many two-point conversion failures and uh, missed uh, point afters. Um, they only worked successful with one, and it was uh, a short pass from Angel to RJ. And uh, I feel like if they want to have that that full confidence in themselves that, that no other team can stop them, they need to make sure that every time when they get a touchdown, they kick off with seven points, not or seven or eight, and not just six. Yeah, and, you know, uh, that's what makes them so dangerous is because – when they finally play a perfect game, what's the total score going to be on that one? You know, that's the that's the amazing part about them putting up 50. And you said they went one for six on um, two-point conversions. So if they hit all all uh, six of those, that's another 10, 10 points. points. The score is 60 to 7. So, you know, like I said, they got the win, uh, of course, in dominant fashion. I think come this playoffs... If you see them play a perfect game, good luck to the team that they're playing. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, whoever might come in that 16th seed, if uh, Casa Grande does take the number one seed, it's it's going to be a long night uh, out in Casa Grande. Mm-hmm. God bless them. That I feel like their their way to win is they need to draw first blood. They need to score first and not allow their team to get ahead. Even though that um, uh, Arcadia was able to get ahead first and they were able to figure them out i and, and i think in the first round they'll be okay if that happens but further on into the playoffs i don't think that they can allow that to happen there's not a whole lot that they could work on to improve because from what we see they they seem like a complete team i i think uh the only thing that kind of kills them is uh penalties penalties and uh, little little turnovers i mean that usually the turnovers kind of come whenever uh the team's already ahead you know they'll have a couple fumbles here and there but i think penalties is kind of their downfall and uh granted it doesn't hurt them that bad because of some of these scores but if you come into a close game where it's you know either score for score or defense uh uh dominating uh the offense on both sides could penalties play a factor because uh, that's something that uh, that hurts them a lot as far as running up the score on people is plays getting called back. Yeah, and, and this was the first game in a while that Andon didn't get an interception. But in replacement of that, Sylvester got his two. And like I said, that that's a sweet way to end your senior night. Yeah, and there's always somebody to kind of uh, fill in, you know, uh, whether it's on offense and defense. You got uh, if Angel's having, you know, a slow day, you got RJ back there stepping it up if rj's having a slow day you know angel and the wide receiving core steps it up same on defense you know like you said uh diaz uh hadn't uh, gotten an interception in a couple games but guess what he didn't need to because you got somebody else like uh sylvester uh stepping up to uh fill in that void and who who, who knows like i said i i think Casagrande is on the right track to possibly uh being in a state championship 
Uh, we'll see uh, come playoff time, and we'll we'll talk about that more uh, and what to expect come uh, next Saturday. Or I'm sorry, this Saturday. Yep. And there's one game coming up this Friday that we are going to be covering. Um, we won't be there, unfortunately, because it is an away game. Um, it is Vista Grande visiting the Carl Hayden Community High School. Yeah, um, Vista's uh, looking to close out the season on a high note. Um, they're 5-3 and three right now. Well, depending on how the uh, forfeit goes, I think they did get the win for that one, correct? I, I believe so. so uh, a lot of their players uh, seem to think that the AIA will um, award, them, award the, them the forfeit and... Right now, if that is the case, then they will have the same amount of wins as Carl Hayden. Um, right now, the Falcons are 5-4. and four. This is their last game of the season. And pretty much they, they match up, numbers-wise, pretty much even with uh, Vista Grande. They're just a little bit better than them in the rush game, and they put up 20 more yards in passing on average. But I think that this will be a good test for Vista Grande and I'm looking forward to them trying to get this win and have another winning season and try to make history on, you know, on their part and have a three game win streak. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be uh, something nice to see. And like I said, we, it could be a, uh, a close game. It seems like Carl Hayden doesn't give up as much points as uh, Vista does. So it's going to be a matter of uh, which defense is able to stop their, their high-powered offense. Uh, Vista, they uh, got that two-game win streak going. Last game of the season, most likely, and I'm going to throw it about 99% sure that they're not making the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they have a lot to uh, be happy about this season. You know, what uh, I believe it's uh, Coach Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, him coming in the first season, we weren't sure what to expect, and he, he uh, got these guys rolling. You know, granted it wasn't consistent, but at the same time, he's got them on a two-game win streak. He got them most likely going to finish a Above 500, depending on how the Kofa game works out. But there's not a lot to hang their heads about because even though they dropped some games they should have won, it's, uh, you know, we've seen that with first-time head coaches in Santa Cruz. You know, Santa Cruz had the same issue. It's more of building, you know, that chemistry from the coach and trickling it on down to your players. And I think come next year, you might see a little bit more of an improvement and maybe they can finish off games that they're supposed to win and set themselves up for a potential playoff spot. Yeah, I definitely feel like they've built that trust this year in each other to be able to pull together next year. They are losing quite a bit as far as their uh, reliability, but they have a lot to look forward to in in young stars like Fernando Moya. Mm -hmm. Um, They are losing, like I said, I don't know if I did mention it, but they are losing 11 seniors, one of them being Tyrese Constable, Mm -hmm. who has been their go-to guy in the run game. And uh, I, I don't feel like that will be a, a real difficult transition for them next year to lose those players and to try to, to be better than they were this year. I just think that they, they just got to get their heads, you know, above water. Eventually they can pull together and, and just, just be a better team than they were last year. We'll, we'll see how Vista goes. I mean, like I said, it's uh, a little bit of a awkward position we're in. You know, we're, we're kind of running out of games uh, to kind of keep track of. And so... I, I thought that we would uh, turn our attention to what's going on in the 2A and 3A tournaments as far as who's left. You know, Sequoia gets knocked out by Benson. And so, you know, we can go over the uh, 2A um, 
uh, tournament right now. Uh, so some of the uh, recaps from those games is you had number one seed uh, Parker taking on Red Mesa. Parker wins 69-14. I mean, they're a heavy favorite. Uh, them, I believe, in uh, Benson might be the, the two uh, favorites to make it to the championship. But mo- uh, moving on, you had uh, number eight, Wilcox, defeating Holbrook 42-32. to You had uh, Gilbert Christian, uh, who's number five, take on uh, number 12, Scottsdale Christian, and Gilbert Christian uh, dominates 42-27. to Then, of course, you had uh, number three, Benson, uh, beating number 14, Sequoia Pathway, 49-7. to You had, and this was probably the upset of the uh, weekend, number 11, St. John's, goes into uh, number six, Camp Verde, and blanks them, winning 28-0. to you know, I think that was the first upset. And they play Benson next, right? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll go up uh, who uh, who's going to play who. Uh, we just got a couple of teams left. Uh, number seven, Pima, defeated number 10, Scottsdale Prep, 57 to 14. And number two, Arizona Lutheran, defeats Trivium Prep, 61 to 20. So, you know, it's it was a lot of <laughs> dominating games. But I did leave out one game, and it was one that kind of, irked us a little bit because of how close we had um, some of our 2A teams, you know, uh, the other one we covered, Santa Cruz, and as well as uh, Tinka Verde was also mm-hmm. another team on the on the border there. So neither of them made it. Instead, you had number 13, Alchesay, who was supposed to take on number four, Marenzi. But unfortunately, Alchesay had to forfeit the game. Now, to me... I mean, if you, I don't know how early on they found out this team was going to forfeit, but it's kind of a upsetting feeling knowing that we had a team on the a board. A spot was wasted. A spot was wasted, you know, and you and you get, yeah. Granted, uh, you know, Marinci's a tough team. They they go out they and they uh, put it on teams uh, week in and week out. So you know, nothing against them, but you had these teams that each could have probably been bumped up. Maybe instead of uh, Sequoia Pathway being at number 14, they get bumped up to 13 and play Marenzi. You know, you never know how that game's going to go. Not in, you know, nothing against, I'll, I'll just say they could have even possibly beat Marenzi. Who knows? But at the same time, it's like you don't fill that void. You give a team an automatic bid to the next round. It's basically they got a first round by, mm-hmm. luckily. And instead of, you know, saying, hey, Whoever was number 17 right there, do you guys want to play in the playoffs? I guarantee you, you would have had one team say yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we saw that, it, it was kind of uh, upsetting to know that there was possibly another team that could have made it, especially given, you know, two, three-day notice that they were going to have to forfeit. Why not fill in a, fill it in with another team? But that's, you know, that's the AIAs. Uh, I don't know how they do things, you know, and – as far as uh, uh, how forfeits go, but, I mean, it's playoff time, man. You know, the, these teams work their tails off to get to, into that position, and for Alchesay to not be able to play, it's it's kind of sad. And, you know, I feel fa- sorry for their seniors who are going to probably have to end their season not knowing if they could have possibly made it to the second round. Mm-hmm. It's it's really unfortunate because, and like you said earlier, it's no knock on Marenzi, but they, they didn't deserve to get, a, like you said, a first-round bye. And in it, you just feel for the players on Alchesay as as bad as it is that they they had to 
forfeit. You feel bad because they fought so hard to be the number 13 seed. That's just one spot above Sequoia Pathway, and we saw what kind of season Sequoia Pathway had. Yep. So it's it's a little disappointing that that's how that was handled, and we we wish Morency the best into the next round, but that was not how we wanted that to happen, and it's just unfortunate that we even have to speak on it. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, the thing that is in my head, uh, you know, for these upcoming next rounds of the 2A, 3A playoffs, or even uh, as we get into the 4A through 6A in the open season, the open tournament, how many other teams are going to have to fill that? You know, because uh, unfortunately COVID still plays a factor in all sports that are going on right now. How much are teams going to have to sacrifice in order, you know, to be able to take the field, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it was all of Alchesay's teams. We, you know, that's something we can look into, but is this going to happen to another team? And that's what I hope doesn't because, you know, they, like you said, they worked uh, so hard to get there and for it to end like that, it just, it, it, it sucks. Yeah. It's really disheartening. Yeah. And so uh, the upcoming games uh, this Friday for uh, the two way playoffs is you're going to have uh, number one Parker taking on number eight Wilcox. You'll have number four Marenzi taking on number five Gilbert Christian. Number three Benson is going to take on number 11 St. John's. And we'll see if uh, St. John's can uh, go back to back, you know, on upsets this week. And that matchup, I like to call it the Santa Cruz Redemption Tour because. Both teams were knocked out by Santa Cruz last year. Yeah. And I, I I don't really know much about St. John's, but after seeing Benson, that's a scary group, bro. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, finally, you'll have number two, Arizona Lutheran, taking on number seven, Pima. If I'm going to guess, uh, you know, let's just, let's just throw our predictions out there. Number one, Parker versus number eight, Wilcox. I'm going to take Parker. They look like the heavy favorites coming into the 2A tournament, and I'm going to take Parker over Wilcox. Who are you going to take? I agree. I, I don't know much about Wilcox to say that I'll, I'll, I'll bet on the underdog, but, yeah, I think uh, Parker has, I hate to, to reuse the term, they have a scary team. They, they, they're all big guys. They, they, they hit hard, play hard, and uh, it, it's, it's going to be tough for any other team to beat them. Uh, number four, Marenzi. Number uh, five, Gilbert Christian. I'm going to say Marenzi is going to take this one. You know, uh, they're another team. Like I said, there was these uh, set of four teams that I was like, you know what? If Santa Cruz doesn't stay healthy, Sequoia Pathway can't get past one of these teams, then four teams are going to be in the semifinals, and one of them's Marenzi, so I'm going to take them as well. You know what? I, I, I wished Marenzi all the best, like not even five minutes ago. But I'm going to go against them right now. I'm going to say like that it. uh, it's Gilbert Christian, right? Yes, sir. I, I'm going to say that Gilbert Christian pulls it out and is able to defeat Morency because um, I'm going to feel like Morency's going to feel a little lost themselves. Like they not, they're going to be questioning whether they belong in that round. And I think that Gilbert Christian is going to pull it out. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to keep our eye on for sure. Number three, Benson taking on number 11, St. John's. I mean, after what I saw against Sequoia Pathway and the way that that offense, that run game is clicking, I'm going to go uh, Benson and I'm going to take them by at least three touchdowns. That, that's bold. I, I'll take Benson too. And I'll up that and I'll say five touchdowns. Oh, man. And <laughs> so, what, and like I said, we'll see. I mean, St. John's, uh, you know, from the looks of it, they blanked Camp Verde 28-0. So maybe their defense uh, might have something to stop that run game. But for me, 
I, I, I got Benson. And if I want to see anybody take on Parker, it's Benson. Yes, most definitely. Uh, and to wrap up the 2A matches, you got number two, Arizona Lutheran versus number seven, Pima. I'm going to go uh, just because I've seen them play. I've seen what they can do both in the run game and in the passing game. I'm going to go Arizona Lutheran. I mean, they are just good on both aspects of their offense. Their defense can uh, hang with the best of them. So it's going to um, going to be interesting to see what they do against Pima. I got them. I'm going to keep it a little bit closer. I got them winning by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that it's going to be ALA's time to shine right now. Um, when, when they played uh, Santa Cruz Valley and we were there, they were a pretty tough team. They they knew how to capitalize on a team's weakness, and I don't think that a couple weeks removed from that game that they'll forget that. I think that they're going to put down Pima. Absolutely. So that's your uh, two-way uh, tournament uh, for the uh, quarterfinals, and we'll, we'll see uh, how it goes with uh, all the teams the best of luck. So moving on into the 3A uh, tournament, you had number uh, one ALA uh, Gilbert, American Leadership Academy, uh, taking on Phoenix Christian, and uh, it wasn't even close. Uh, ALA uh, defeats Phoenix Christian 57-0. to And remember, uh, that's the team that uh, made it in uh, Phoenix Christian by winning the region. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you win your region. You got It's all about where you get seated. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, they dealt L.A. Uh, Gilbert, and uh, the score shows how that went. Then you have number eight, Sholo, taking on number nine, Sabino, and which we said it was going to be a close game. You know, both teams, Sabino out of Tucson, Sholo, you know, up uh, north in the White Mountains, Coach uh, Carlo out there, it was going to be a tough game, and Sabino edges out Sholo 29-20. to Then you go into number five, Round Valley, defeats number 12, Wickenburg, 20-16. to And that's another game that we thought was going to be a little bit close because both teams, I mean, they kind of seem like they all kind of know each other up north. You know, it's always, it's very rare that it's an absolute blowout each game, you know, uh, but... Those teams uh, up north, I mean, they know how to play each other, and they play each other rough, and Mm -hmm. that's why the scores aren't, you know, um, drastic or big, but it's another close game, and Round Valley edges out Wickenburg. Then uh, number four, Yuma Catholic, continues their dominance as they uh, defeated number 13, Payson, 47-0. Go Shamrocks. That's a tough team right there. Number three, Valley Christian, defeated number 14, Safford, 49 to 0. And like I said, it's a it's a trend. You can see it. These top four teams are the top four teams for a reason because week in and week out, they're just putting up these outrageous numbers. And the fact is they're blinking a lot of teams. And we've seen, you know, Yuma Catholic, Valley Christian, ALA, uh, Gilbert uh, kind of do this thing all year long. Uh, number six, River Valley. Uh, defeated number 11 Eastmark 31 to 20 that one actually Eastmark was winning two and a half quarters and then River Valley made their comeback and they got a not if you guys ain't uh, heard of them yet they got a nice running back out there I can't remember his name off the top of my head but if you get a chance go check out River Valley look up their running back I think he was uh, at least a top 20 top 25 rusher in the state of or actually in the nation but uh, as you look that up uh, I'm going to continue on you had Number seven, Push Ridge, they fell to number 10, Thatcher, 35 to 26. 
That one was actually another good game to kind of keep our eye on. You got number 10 Thatcher who came from 2A and started dominating in 3A. And they're just, you know, continuing that trend. And that's another team that don't don't sleep on them because they're going to come out to play. And lastly, uh, to round out, uh, we have number two Snowflake taking on uh, number 15 Monument Valley. And Snowflake just blew them out of the water 65 to 7. You had some close matches there uh, in the first round. But coming into uh, the quarterfinals, you're going to have another set of good teams playing each other. And I'm excited uh, to see these games and you know why, why don't we give our predictions as well for these you got number one ala gilbert taking on number nine sabino who are you gonna go with i'll let you go first this time i'm gonna have to go against my man chris kidney and and go against sabino i i think ala gilbert is just gonna overpower them you yeah. said they've done it all year. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, I got ALA, and I'm going to take them by four touchdowns to, uh, this Friday because, like I said, I haven't seen nobody uh, be very competitive with them in a while. So I got ALA there. I mean, to me, one of my favorites. Uh, so then you all have number four, Yuma Catholic, taking on number five, Round Valley. Who you got? Okay. We, I, we've seen Yuma Catholic play the Coolidge Bears and just dismantle them both physically and mentally as a team, I, I think I would be pretty foolish to go against the Shamrocks. Yeah, I'm going to take Yuma Catholic. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than uh, their previous match, um, but I say they're going to win by at least two touchdowns against Round Valley, and we'll, we'll see that one. That that one to me is the, the one to kind of keep your eye on if you're watching uh, some 3A football. But then you have uh, the number three Valley Christian taking on number six River Valley. You know what? I'll go with River Valley on this one. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to take Valley Christian, man. They, that's another team. I mean, they play so hard. They play, and you, they're another team that can beat you physically and mentally. Uh, so, I, I mean, I can't go against them, I, you know, after the numbers they're putting up. I got I got a Valley Christian at least by five touchdowns, I'm going to say. That's a lot of confidence in them. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I didn't expect to uh, see Eastmark really uh, competing with River Valley, uh, but uh, I think Valley Christian can uh, sustain River Valley's rushing attack and uh, pile it on them. And lastly, uh, which what I would consider the game of the week, just because of how Thatcher's been playing, you have number two, Snowflake, taking on number 10, Thatcher. Oh, man, that's tough, bro. I don't want to say that Thatcher is all flash because we, we've seen a lot of their, their stuff that they put out and, and they, their production value is really great. But Snowflake, to go against them would be tough. You know, I, I'm not even going to beat around the bush anymore. I, I, I'll take Thatcher. Oh, I'll okay. take Thatcher. Okay, okay. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I just can't. I mean, I know Snowflake lost their first game of the season. You know, and to me, it was a surprise, but I don't think they're going to lose uh, against Thatcher. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, they are hitting on all cylinders right now. And, um, oh, man, it's going to be such a good game. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to take Snowflake on that one. I don't even want to give a prediction because to, to be to be wrong on that one. It, I mean, it would be a definite surprise for me. Mm-hmm. But who's the home team? Uh, Snowflake. I want to change my prediction. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it, it, like I said, it's going to be, I mean, it shouldn't be 
that outrageous of a drive for Thatcher, you know, to get there. But at the same time, man, it, it, you got two great teams. I mean, the this whole quarterfinals in the 3A is great, but it's going to be uh, interesting. So those are your 3A games coming up uh, this Friday. So, you know, get out there and check it out if you can. But we've uh, come to the end of episode three. Uh, is there anything that you want to let the fans know that we got coming up? Um, I want everybody to, to be aware that, uh, this episode was very football heavy, um, but we're getting ready to transition out uh, once again to basketball. Um, this Friday, the Coolidge Bears will be hosting an event. Why don't you fill them in on that? Uh, so uh, the Coolidge uh, Bears uh, boys basketball team will be having a blue on white tournament. Uh, so it's a scrimmage between uh, the boys varsity basketball team. And uh, it's a good opportunity to be able to see uh, how the Coolidge Bears are going to look this season. So also the um, Lady Bears will also be in attendance. So, you know, go check them out, you know, get get a good uh, look at what to expect from the Bears this upcoming season. And it's going to be a good Friday night, uh, finally kicking off basketball, and I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, so am I. And also don't forget that we will be at the Santa Cruz New Year's Shootout. This shootout is going to be a two-day event, and it's going to be packed with talent let's list off the names of the schools that'll be there the hayden lobos the tucson badgers of course the santa cruz dust devils will be hosting the pueblo warriors kofa kings the apache junction prospectors the palo verde titans and the nfl yet academy will all be in the building at the world famous hospitality room in eloy and it's going to be quite an event I, i i can't wait to to hear the squeaks on the court and, and to, to get to know uh, Coach Courtney a little bit better. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited for that tournament. You know, it uh, occurs at the end of the year, I believe, December 27th uh, through the 28th. 28th. So, you know, got got a, a couple of things coming up these next few months. But um, coming into next week, uh, as you stated, uh, we're going to be transitioning a little bit from uh, football uh, to basketball. So you're going to see a little bit of a balance. So, uh, you know, don't think we're going to come in and talk about football for uh, the whole hour, but uh, we're going to be also doing more of a in-depth of each team that is uh, their football season's already done. So we're going to be going over uh, Coolidge, breaking them down, the seniors that they're going to be losing, the players that are going to be returning, and what we expect coming into next year, as well as with Florence, Santa Cruz, most like, uh, Sequoia Pathway, and most likely Vista Grande, um, that you know, all their seasons will be over by uh, come this Friday. So um, that that's something to look forward to. Tune in because we also covering each individual team, and it might not all occur in episode four. You know, we uh, we might want to give you guys a great detail of each uh, individual team. So uh, we actually are going to have uh, uh, our first guest speakers uh, for each team that uh, we have chosen. We won't put out exactly who we got coming in, but, you know, tune in to find out. And then we start uh, getting into uh, our preseason, uh, you know, look at what's coming for basketball. And uh, that that's going to be exciting uh, as it slowly approaches. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, like you said, we have the senior special episode coming up and then a very team centric uh, season overview that we're going to have our special guests on. It's going to be fun. I think basketball is going to be a little bit more exciting as far as play-wise 
because of how fast paced the action is. And I look forward to it. I, it's been a long time since I've been in the roundhouse and uh, I can't wait to, to stomp my feet in on those bleachers one more time. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, that's a couple of uh, things to look forward to coming up uh, next week. And, uh, you know, if is there anybody you want to send a shout out to, uh, you know, anything you want to close out with? Um, yeah, uh, our first couple of games, uh, people have noticed us with a couple of tees. We had a black set and then a white set. Um, I just want to say shout out to Jessica for making those shirts for us. Uh, she pulled them out really quickly for us, and uh, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she she definitely did her thing on those. And, you know, one of the things we're hoping to get in the future uh, is to be able to provide you guys with shirts. If you guys are interested, you know, uh, help us get that name out a little bit more and, you know, be able to know that you guys are following us and, you know, what we're the work we're putting in actually means something. So we want to kind of get some T-shirts and, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, merch for you guys uh, here in the uh, very distant future. But, man, it's been a great show. It's been a hell of a year for football. We're not done yet. We still got one team out there that uh, is looking to take it all. And we're going to come find out who their first matchup is come Saturday. But, you know, like like we always say, guys, continue to uh, show your support, uh, you know, not just for us, but for those uh, athletes and coaches out there. Because, you know, the little bit that we do and, you know, the little bit that you guys do to help uh, bring awareness to these kids. I know they they love and cherish every moment that they get to be uh, seen on uh, some type of social media platform. And I know that we've gotten a lot of feedback from those players and uh some of the coaches so continue to help us bring light to these players and coaches and we'll see you guys next week yep take it easy guys